Thank you, Timmy, for that great introduction. And by faith, I heard you clapping in your lounge room. You know, and I am so glad that you are joining us today for our third week of Exchange Church at home. And I just want you to know that Mark and I have been praying for you. We're praying for your family. We're praying for your um, job situation. We're just praying for your health. And every day we are just praying and interceding on your behalf. But specifically for today, I have been praying that God's presence would actually fill your lounge room, would fill your kitchen, wherever it is that you are listening to this message, that you would sense God's presence just as if you were at church. And I pray that if you do not yet know Jesus, that today would be the day that you would invite him into your heart and that you would surrender lordship, you would surrender ownership of your life over to him. We have been given a gift and that gift is a gift of time. And if you're like me, you might be having too much time and you're having to now spend it doing things that perhaps you never thought you wanted to before, or perhaps you're now had a, um, homeschooling has been added to your day and you're like, God, is this really a gift? I want you to know we have been given a gift and that gift always takes us to the point of saying, okay, God, so you've given me this gift. So what is the purpose of me having this gift? And I believe that this gift really has three things. First of all, it's a gift to figure out what matters most. Secondly, it's a gift to get our house in order. And thirdly, it is a gift to get our life in order. Now I know for some, this does not look like, nor does it feel like a gift. But I pray that in the midst of this season, that you and I would begin to see this not as just a hard time, not just as a struggle, but as a gift and a gift of time. I can't help but think how much God has actually been preparing us for this very season. And in fact, he started preparing us a year ago for this season. How do I know this? If you were to go back and listen to some of the messages that Mark has preached over the last 12 months, you will hear messages on things like what matters most. And you will begin to see that Mark has actually been preparing and equipping our church to be ready for this season. Because when we lean into what matters most, you know what that means? It means I'm stripping away all those things that actually don't really matter at the end of the day. God has been preparing us. He has been preparing his church. He's been preparing his bride for this very moment. And I'm so grateful that Mark has had the eyes to see and the ears to hear that he could equip us for the season that we find ourselves in. So what matters most? What matters most is that we know God, that we know him personally, we know him intimately, and that we would make him known, and that we would build his church, and that we would bring heaven to earth. And for the first quarter of 2020, that's what we've been focusing on as a church. Know God, know him personally, know him intimately, know him for yourself. And I know for me personally, I feel so equipped 
to handle this season because of um, the preaching and the teaching that has come from our church to know God. And now we've shifted. We've shifted from know God to make Him known. And hopefully, May-ish, when we get to return to our normal gatherings, when we all get to be together and high-five, literally, and hug each other and be in church together, you know what that's going to be? It's going to be about build His church. Only God could have set that up a year ago so that we, we, we would be prepared in this season. We would be prepared for today. This is not by coincidence, church. We didn't just end up here, but God has beautifully woven everything together so that we could find ourselves prepared, so that we could understand that today it is a gift. It is a gift that has been given to God for us. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans, Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5 together. I love the book of Romans. It's written by the Apostle Paul. And if you guys know me, you know Ephesians and Romans are my two kind of cornerstone books from the New Testament. So let's turn together. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We have been made right by faith. What a great promise. It is not of our works. It is nothing of ourselves that actually makes us right with God. It is by faith. And then it says we have a peace. Why? Because we have a peace because of what Jesus did for us. In this season, I'm not trying to draw peace from my understanding. I'm not trying to draw peace from what I can control. No, I actually just rest in the fact that the peace that I have comes from what Jesus has done for us. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is a gift right now that you and I have been given to make God known. And I love how the scripture says it's a place that we do not deserve. I don't deserve his mercy, don't deserve his grace, but because of who he is, you and I stand in a place that is undeserved, yes, but we now have the privilege that we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. In other words, we have a gift right now to make him known. Verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. We can rejoice when we run into trials and into problems. Right now, you and I, our country, the world has run into a trial, 
has run into a problem. And scripture says that we can actually rejoice. We can rejoice in this time of trials and hard times, be it shelter in place, be it homeschooling, be it trying to find toilet paper, be it your health, whatever it is that you find yourself, we're all finding ourselves in a trial. And scripture says that this trial, this promise, actually leads to endurance. Now, why is endurance so important? Why is it such a key? Because we know it's not how I start the race that matters, it's how I finish. And for you and I to finish well, we actually need to develop endurance so that through the shelter in place, I can actually have the endurance to remain in faith, to remain full of hope, to remain declaring God's goodness and promise whether I have toilet paper, whether I have to homeschool my kids, whatever it is that you're facing, it's with endurance that we can stay faithful in this race. But we also need endurance to make God known. You see, we need endurance so that when I invite my friend to church and they say no, I don't quit. Or when I put a post on social media and I don't get any likes or comments. We need endurance to make God known so that you and I do not quit. But we keep praying for our co-workers. We keep believing that every single person in our world will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We also need endurance to get back up again when we make a mistake. You see, it's that trial, that problem that develops endurance in me. And so that when I fail, when I make a mistake, it's that endurance that enables me to get up and say, you know what? I have not yet finished my race. I have not yet completed what God sent me out to do. And so I will continue. But you and I need that trial. We need that problem in order for endurance to be developed in our life. And what does endurance do? Scripture says that endurance then develops our character. Character, in fact, is um, a really important thing. And the scripture actually said strength of character. You know, for many of us, our character is probably being tested right now. You're probably not accustomed for you and your family to be in such close quarters all the time. There is no break. (laughs) There is no escape. And for some of us, our comforts have actually been taken away from us. That thing that I used to rely on or that time when I used to think that I was somewhat in control or that perhaps I could fix things, all that has been taken away from us. And what is left is who I really am. Our character is being tested, but that is a good thing. That is the gift that you and I have been given today because we have to come to terms with who am I? When all else is stripped away, who am I? Perhaps I took community for granted. Perhaps I took people for granted. Perhaps I have lived my life thinking I was in control. This problem, this trial, this season that you and I are now in has stripped all that away But that is a good thing. You know, Psalm 139 verse 23, it says, Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
This is a gift of time that you and I have to figure out what matters most, to get our house in order, and to get our personal life in order. So I pray that you would ask God to search you. God, is there anything in my life that does not represent Christ? That is not what you would have me think, not what you would have me look at, not what you would have me concentrate on, my actions, my words, my deeds. Search my heart, O oh God, and know me. Why? So that I can get on my knees and I can repent before you, God, so that I can become all that you called me to be. And in fact, Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 17 says, For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. This problem, this trial, the season that we find ourselves in is a gift. It is a gift to you and I because we have the time to say, God, check me. If there's anything in there, in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts, in my actions, in my words, that is not honoring to you, that is not honoring to your church, I want that stripped out. This is a gift that you and I have been given. We're facing a problem. We're facing a trial. But that's okay. We can come to it with joy. Why? Because we know that that trial, the problem that we're in, leads to endurance. And we want endurance because we want to run our race. We want to last. We want to get to the end of our days and hear those words from God that says, Well done, good and faithful servant. And we know that endurance is going to build character. And character is something that you and I both need so that we can um, be who God has called us to be. And what does character do? Scripture says it strengthens our hope of salvation. We have a great gift. You and I have been given a gift in this season. And that gift is to make God known. So I want to encourage you, be bold. Be bold in your expression of faith. Be bold in your expression of hope. Be bold in your witness. Be bold in making God known. Why? Because people need Jesus. They need Jesus. They need the hope that you and I have. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says, But how can they call on him to save them? unless they believe in him and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them how are people going to hear how are people going to know about the jesus that loves them about a jesus who's called them about a jesus who has a plan and a purpose and a hope and a destiny for their life unless ordinary people like you and I, step out with bold faith, in bold confidence, and joyfully take the time, the gift that we have been given, and make Him known. And you might say, but Elliot, shelter in place. How can I possibly make God known? You know, our world is at its knees right now. We and I have the greatest opportunity ever to bring hope, to bring encouragement. I was at Trader Joe's the other day, getting grapes and fruit and milk and some yogurt and the lady that was serving me did not have a smile on her face she did not look happy at all and I just said to her are you okay and she grabbed my elbow and she said no 
She's like, can you tell me it's going to be okay? And I'm like, you know what? I don't have that confidence in of myself, but I do know the God who loves us. I do know that he cares. And she said to me, she goes, when you walk out of this um, Trader Joe's, will you pray for me? And I'm like, absolutely. So you and I have a gift right now because we have hope. We have confidence. We can approach this with joy. So let us make him known. And finally, Romans talks about all that leads to a hope that will not disappoint. The trial, the problem, you, me, our globe is in right now, ultimately leads to a hope that does not disappoint. I don't know about you, but I definitely want to live with a hope that does not disappoint. You see, probably like me, you're feeling let down. Perhaps you're feeling angry at God. Perhaps you're like, God, where are you? You feel that disappointment and you feel discouraged. You see, there's an expectation and then there's a reality, right? And that gap in between, that's what we call disappointment. So I expected, but then I was given reality. And if we're not careful, disappointment creeps in. And that's where we get discouraged. That's where we feel let down. That's when we can start to get angry and start to question God. But I'm here to let you know we have been given a gift. And I pray that you see it as a gift. Because this trial, this problem, if we allow it, will lead to a hope that does not disappoint. You know, some days we feel encouraged. Other days, we're needing encouragement. And that is what makes the church so beautiful. I'm going to be honest with you. Wednesday is actually my hardest day so far. I had a meltdown. I had just finished my community group. It was awesome. It was full of faith. We were encouraging each other. We went through Psalm 103. And I went from great expectation going, God, Easter. I want to be back celebrating together at Easter to opening up my phone and my emails only to find that the school district is closed definitely until the 1st of May. <laughs> Expectation, reality. And in that moment, I let disappointment creep into my heart and I sat down and I cried. I had my first meltdown. And what do I do in those moments? I get my scripture out. And I turn to Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to what? To the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And as the tears are streaming down my face, I say, God, you are faithful. You have promised you are faithful. And I began to encourage myself from scripture again. And I texted a few of my friends and I said, hey, I need you to pray for me. I need you to intercede on my behalf right now. Why? Because I need encouraging. I went from encouraging everyone in the morning to being real low in the afternoon. But if we would understand that this trial and this problem is going to develop in us, a hope that does not disappoint. And so when I have expectation and my reality comes in here, I'm not filled with disappointment because I have a hope that does not disappoint. I want to end with this scripture, Romans 15 verse 13. And it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power 
of the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer for you today, that you would be filled with joy, that you'll be filled with peace, that you would trust him, and that there would actually be an overflow of hope in your life today. And I want to encourage you, see this as a gift. This is a gift of time that God has given us. So let me pray for you. And I just want to say thank you. We love you. If you do not yet know Jesus, then repeat this prayer after me. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. God, for every single person who does not yet know you, Jesus, we confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. And we ask Jesus that you would come into our heart and make it your home. Make We make you Lord of our life. And Jesus, forgive us of our sins. We want to live every day to please you. And Lord, I want to take a moment just to pray for every single person. God, may we see this as a gift, not just as a trial and a problem, but as a gift to make you known. God, I pray that this is the greatest days for the church. I pray she rises up and she's beautiful and she's strong. God, I thank you. You have equipped us. I thank you. You have prepared us. And Lord, now it is our season to take our trial, to take our problem with joy so that we may make you known. In Jesus' name, amen.